Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart, for your loving kindness is before my eyes. And I have walked in your truth. I have not sat with idolatrous mortals, nor will I go in with hypocrites. I have hated the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocence. So I will, I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not gather my soul with sinners nor my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands is a sinister scheme and whose right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be merciful to me. My foot stands in an even place. I love that. My foot stands in an even place. It's on his rock the solid rock that we stand, isn't it? My foot stands in an even place. In the congregation, I will bless the Lord. Let's bless the Lord this morning. If you would stand with me. Father, we thank you so much that you cause our foot to stand in an even place. Father, we can stand firm on your foundation, Lord God. We thank you for Jesus, that he has made the way Father, where there seemed to be no way, we thank you for it, and we give you glory and honor, and we praise you this morning, and we celebrate you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. Every once in a while, I, I feel led after uh, singing this song to explain it, because years ago, I uh, invited a guy to come to church with me, and he came and he had been a Christian for a while, but he wasn't going to church anywhere. And the worship team sang this song. In the middle of it, he turned to me and he goes, Who's Yahweh? Right? You know, sometimes we as, as Christians can, can uh, have our, our uh, sayings and our, our even maybe our secret codes. And uh, because we're dealing with a different language we're dealing with Hebrew and Greek and all of those things but do you know what Yahweh means do you know what you know what Yahweh is does anybody know raise your hand if you know you don't have to give me the answer I won't call on you pardon so Yahweh Y-A-H-W-E-H is a form of the Hebrew name of God used in the Bible it's what the Jews called God it's what it's the name just like we have you know we call him God it's our word for God but that name is more than just a word that name Yahweh because they referred to God in many different ways but the name the word Yahweh is we say it Yahweh it's not even Yahweh the actual pronunciation of that name is Everybody say that with me. 
Now that's even weirder, isn't it? But that name was so sacred. It was, it was held so sacred, they wouldn't even say it. That is his name. It's, it's that name. <sighs> Actually, it, it's Ruach. It's another way of, of saying it was Ruach, which meant spirit. God is, God is not a man. God is not a thing. God is not a... Per- he, he is. God is. He is spirit. He is... <sighs> Can't even describe him. But I... I, I, you know, every once in a while I hear that guy's voice in my head when we sing that song, Who's Yahweh? Because especially if you don't, you know, if you don't know that, you might be thinking, what church did I just come into? Who are we singing to? So from now on, Jamie, we should sing that song, You Are <sighs> Or not, or not. come back into worship in a little bit here. How's that sound? Why don't you greet one or two people around you? If it gets out of hand, I'll stop you. Praise the Lord. All right. Can I get some lights? Can I get some lights? It's awful dark in here. And then there, was, then there was light, thank you. Well, good morning, my name is John Neitzel. I'm usually the pastor here, but uh, it's been a couple of weeks and I uh, had some correspondence with uh, Cindy from last weekend. I heard it was wonderful and she was very blessed uh, by being here, so um, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Turn with me to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. So I got a question for you this morning. Before I begin, um, on a, uh, a scale of one to ten, on a scale of one to ten, one being uh, very shallow, very, very uh, feel-good, warm, fuzzy, uh, you know, hey, we're just uh, we just heard a nice sermon and uh, we're ready to go about our week. How you know that's that's on that's one. Uh, five means, ooh, ow, ow, ooh. Uh, that, that hit too close to home. To ten, oh my gosh, God, I'm so sorry. On a scale of one to ten, what kind of sermon do you want this morning? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> don't raise your hands. Don't, uh, don't shout it out. <laughs> two. I'll do it Two. On a scale of one to ten, what do you what do you what do you want to hear this morning? Be, because because I I personally I'm just going to be honest with you I personally want to hear you know probably less than a ten. But what do we need? What do we need? Twelve. <laughs> you can't handle a twelve. No. <laughs> oh Lord, you know something, yeah, praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 beginning with verse 19. 
says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So if you've been reading through the Bible with us, uh, we've, we're on a, another two-year cycle. Uh, this has been, well, we're halfway through, aren't we? It starts in about September of last year. And uh, I'll have to admit, this is probably the uh, first time in a long, long time that I've been on a, on a uh, uh, schedule that I'm actually up to date. You know, I'll just be honest. I know everybody out there is going, well, I'm sure he has no problem keeping up to date at all times. Give me a break. Okay. You know, it's, it's work. It's, it's uh, discipline. It's diligence. But, you know, praise God. I'm up to date. I caught up this morning. That way I could say I'm up to date. <laughs> I got up at 4.30 this morning to get all the reading in I needed to get in to be up to date. But if you've been reading with us, uh, it's talking about Solomon building the temple. And it's talking about all the detail, and it's talking about the grandeur and the beauty and the, and the power of, of what he did, what he built. And it talks about the, the stones being cut, and, and they were huge stones, and they were, you know, they, there was never a, 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 a tool heard on the site where the temple was built. Everything was prepared off-site and brought on-site. And it was, it was brought on site so that it fit perfectly. I mean, they took, they worked hard at it. They, they were diligent. They, they were focused. They were, they, they were using their skills. You know, they talked about the different people who, uh, who, were, who were called to, to cut wood and to, to, to carve and to, you know, uh, bronze workers and gold workers and, and stone cutters. And these people were, were the top of their trade. And, and in different, uh, in a, not in First Kings, but in a different spot, it actually says that they were, in, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were anointed with the Holy Ghost to do that work. And they were diligent to prepare all of the pieces. And then when it came together, it just fit together. They never used a tool on, spot, on site. It's amazing. But it was a diligent work to get there. And it was, it was prepared. And then when they actually dedicated the temple, the Spirit of God honored that dedication and the, and the, uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant being brought in by his glory falling. You know, 1 Kings, it just, it just kind of glosses over it real quick. But if you want to read it in Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 5, when they brought the, the Ark in and they were worshiping, it says that, it says that the, the glory of God fell so deeply, so hard, so fully in that place that nobody could stand up to worship. When I read that 30 plus years ago, I was like, I want that. I want that. And I've, at times I've experienced that. But, you know, not that you earn anything with God. We can't earn God's love. We don't earn God's favor. We don't earn 
anything. God loves you. He, he's forgiven you. His, his salvation is, a, is, a, is an act of His will, His freedom, he, he, or His love for you. He gave Jesus with, 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 uh, 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 with all of His heart. He sent Jesus to die for your sins. Only through the blood of Jesus can you be saved. Amen. And he did, he did it. You have to choose, though, whether to receive. You choose whether you're going to, to follow. You choose whether you're going to obey. And if you disobey, it doesn't mean he loves you less. It just means you're not going to get the benefits of being a part of it. You're not going to get the benefits of being in the family, being in the kingdom. Obedience is expected, needed, and required. You must be obedient. Why? Because you want to eat the best of the land. God's not, go, not, God's not up there going, well, he wasn't fully obedient this week, so I don't fully love him. No, that has nothing to do with it. He loves you with everything. He, he can't love you anymore. He is the fullness of love. He loves you. He even likes you. That's unbelievable that he likes you. But by disobedience, by, by, by uh, uh, lack of, of commitment you remove yourself from the fullness of that blessing his blessing is flowing all the time you know years ago i was i was dealing you know i've been i've been a pastor since you know in youth ministry and all that kind of stuff since 92 so do the math whatever that is and before that was working with different ministries but i was dealing with with a difficult situation one time and I was like, God, I've been, I've been helping, I've been working at this, I've been, I've been serving this person, I've been, I've been uh, you know, forgiving them, I've been doing all, I, I just keep, I, I don't know, I keep pouring blessings out on this person and they keep rejecting it. And he goes, well, yeah. Because they do that to me all the time. And I saw a vision, it was in that, in that time of prayer, I saw a vision and, and I saw the blessings of God being poured out on people. He just pours out blessings on and then right in the middle of it somebody took out an uh, an, uh, an umbrella and popped it open and stood underneath it and all the blessings splashed off he goes I, I pour out my blessings all the time but people in their choices decide to pop up that umbrella and let the let the blessings splash off getting no benefit of it That temple was blessed. That temple was holy because of his presence there. But they had to work at it. They, they couldn't just go, hey, slap up a couple of walls over there and let's put the ark in there and whoo, God's, you know, let, that's good. No, they worked at it. They prepared themselves. The, the, the priests, before they went in to, to, to serve in the temple, they, they cleansed themselves, they washed, they had blood, there was blood everywhere. There was, you know, there was, <clears throat> they went through the process of being ready. And praise God, Jesus did that for us to make a, to, that he was the sacrifice once and for all. You don't have to sacrifice. You know, if, if, who sinned this week? Raise your hand real high if you sinned this Thank you for that. I did, I did. We all did. No, not, there's not one who's not 
you know, done something stupid. Some more than others, but it isn't about that. He saved you. He, he forgave your sin. He, he's like, you're, you're covered. But there's still a price to be paid. And it's not that you're doing it to deserve him. You're not doing it to, to deserve the blessings of him. No, you're doing it to, to honor him. See, the, the scary part, and I've said this before, I've, I've you know, preached this kind of sermon many, too many times. Too many times. Ninja-like skills. <laughs> For the listening by recording, they're going, what did he do? I wonder what he did. Those by video go, wow, instant replay. The problem with being a minister, the problem with getting up in front of people and preaching these kind of sermons is every once in a while, you have to be honest. Ugh. And they're all, they're all going, huh? You're not always honest? No, I'm always honest. But I've been told that sometimes I'm too honest. Why? Because I'm not just doing this for you. I'm standing in front of the King of Kings. And when he says to say stuff like this, when he says to, to preach a sermon like this, I don't get to call the shots I, whew, all morning long, all day, you know, all, all weekend long. I have been just going, I don't know, I don't want to, oh, God, I don't why. Why? Because I need to be honest. I don't know if you noticed, but as everybody was greeting, I was talking to Jamie. Because something happened during worship this morning. I don't know if you noticed it. I don't know if you, if you saw it, if you felt it, if you uh, perceived it. But there was a point during worship where there was a wide open door to step over into a very deep place in God. And after... After I had you guys start to greet, I walked up to Jamie and I said, did you see it? And she goes, yes. She was there. She was just, ooh, we were right there. And you're thinking, well, what's the big deal? Difference between a zero or a one sermon and a ten. Do you want a one church service? One level, of, on the level, on the God level of, of, uh, of anointing and and uh, blessing and power and spirit, or do you want a 10? Because 10 is awesome. And 10 is available. But I said, did you, did you, were you, did you see that? And she goes, yeah, I saw that. And I said, that's where you hit the gas. She didn't do anything wrong, trust me. Because... She was hitting the gas, and we weren't following. This is, this is not a slap on the wrist sermon. This is, this, is, this is where I'm pushing eight, okay? I'm pushing about eight on this because here's the deal. God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for our days. What I mean by that is he has a purpose and a, and a reason that this church exists. And that, church, that purpose is to preach the gospel to all, the whole world, but specifically this valley. 
That's the, that's the region he is, he's, he's outlined for us. Do, I want you to plant 24, have 20, a network of 24 churches over the next 10 years. We're now at five. We're, we have five churches in the valley that, that we're working together to, to see the glory of God fulfilled. And it isn't about buildings. It's about each one of us walking in the fullness of and the purpose of God for our lives. But the only way you can walk in the fullness is to be full of Him. The only way I can walk in the fullness is to be full of Him. Because I can't do squat. Is squat okay word? It's an okay word? Okay, good. Every once in a while I say words, I should, is squat okay? I can say, squat's good, okay, good. Diddly squat could be bad, yeah. I can't do anything without him. You can't do anything. So how do we get filled up with him? Ah, I'm glad you asked that question. We get filled up with him by spending time in his presence. We get, we get filled with him by yielding to him. Saying, Father, fill me up. Oh, Lord, I, I need more of you. We spend time in the word. We spend time in prayer. Hey, this would be a great time to remind you of the six pillars, right? Get filled with the Holy Spirit, number one. Number two, read your Bible. Why? Read your Bible so God's happy with you? No, read your Bible so you know what it says, so that you know what the promises are, that you're a good workman, rightly divining the Word of God, rightly, rightly applying it to your life and to the lives of others. Number three, pray a lot. Why? Because if I pray a lot, then God will be happy with me? No, because when you pray a lot, that means you're in his presence a lot, which means you're going to change. And you're going to get filled up. When you're, you're yielding to him, God, you're so good, you're wonderful. Not, not giving your, you know, there's a time for your list of stuff, but there's a time when you just say, God, you're so good, you're so awesome, you're so wonderful, I love you. Thank you, Lord. That's prayer. Number four, share your faith. You know that you should not share your faith. Do not share your faith until you're filled up with Him. Otherwise, if it's, if it's you're just sharing your faith because you have to, because you know, Pastor John said it's number four. We have to do that at least once every three months. Okay, I'll go find somebody. Here, I got to tell you really quick, you need God, okay? You need God. Stop sinning. You want an opportunity here? Do you want to receive him? Well, no. Why wouldn't you want to? You're such a heathen. No, you, you share your faith because you can't help it. Well, I've never, I've never been to the point where I couldn't help not sharing my faith. Exactly. Isn't that the point? Number five, expect the supernatural. Do you know that you cannot expect the supernatural unless you're filled with him? Why? Because you can't do the supernatural on your own. You can't blind eye open. No, it's because he flows out. And he says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Restore sight to the blind. Set the captives free. It's because you're full of him. Six. 
Say it with confidence. Say it like you embrace suffering. Thank you. Just, Not the, oh, God has given me sickness to make me more holy. That's so stupid. That's just, how do I feel? <laughs> how do I really feel about that? It's not about, well, I'm, I'm poor because God is showing me how to be. No. Embrace suffering means you're sharing your faith, you're living your life, and somebody hates you. Somebody persecutes you. Somebody, you know, it's, it's about dying to yourself. I don't want to go share right, my faith right now. Well, then die. Lay down your will. I was talking to somebody recently about marriage and about the correlation between husbands love your wives and how did, as Christ loves the church, how did Christ love the church? He laid down his life for us. Die. Nothing worse than when God says, make the bed, husbands. What? Make the bed. I don't want to make the bed. Exactly. Make the bed. You're all going to have to make the bed tomorrow. I can just feel it already. (laughs) Die. Suffer. It's good to suffer. It's good to honor your wife. Good to love your wife. Lay down your wife. Is that what you wanted me to tell them this morning? It was, that was, yeah, just, oh. I haven't forgot. I still have to confess my sin. So just, yeah, I, I'm there, I'm there. I'll get there. Why don't we get there? Why don't we see the Spirit of God poured out like in 1 Kings 9, 1 Chronicles 5. Why don't we see that, you know, why don't we see blind eyes open every day? Why don't we see healings? Why don't we... It's because we can't handle the 12. We can't handle the 10. Most of us can't handle a 3. Because we're okay with 1. We're okay with I'm saved and that's good. I'm saved and everybody, you know, that's, that's just, whew, I'm in. And there's a lost and dying world out there. Why can't we get there? Why don't we get there? Well, here's why I could not get here today. I've dealt with some of this. I'm, I've, I've, I've gone to, to God and I haven't, I haven't weeped and wailed and thrown myself on his mercy because I don't have to do that. I've gone to him and said, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because as the the leader of this church, this church only goes as far as as, as I can go. If I can't go there, you can't go there. Or maybe you get there, but then you get there some other way. And someday I'm going to stand before God and he's going to say, why did you, why were you such a putz? You can, you're in, you're, you're, you're saved, you're you know, born again, but you could have done so much more. On Friday, Thursday and Friday, I had one of those days, I had one of those days, you know, where Things didn't go the way I planned it. Things didn't go the way I wanted it to. 
Things, things weren't as smooth and exciting and fun. It was frustrating and <clears throat> I had just one of those days. You ever had one of those days? You ever had one of those weeks? You ever had one of those months? But I had one of those, I had a couple of days where just, you know, it was, it was like, it's like pushing upstream with a canoe in the wrong, you know, sideways. You know, just... And Friday morning, Friday morning was better, but I was just like, you know what? I, I, deserve, I deserve a me day. Now, I didn't actually say that because I don't talk that way. But I just say to explain what I meant by what I mean. But I, I just, I, des, I, des, I, you know what? I have been doing so good lately. I'm just going to kick back and I'm just going to, I'm going to just be me. So the problem with being me is me is not always the best. So, this is just me. This is, I'm not going to tell you specifics because you don't need to know specifics. I'm just going to tell you about me. Me is selfish. Me is very selfish. If you, want to, if you don't believe me, ask my wife. I can be very, and, and, and I, I, did, I don't think I hurt you on Friday. I don't think I did. I don't think I said or did anything. I just, I was just by myself and I just, I just decided to be me. I just decided to be selfish. And so I, I listened to what I wanted to listen to. The music I wanted to listen to, the stuff I wanted to do, and I just, I just fleshed out on Friday. I didn't rob any banks, okay? Just, you know, in case anybody's wondering. I, I didn't kill anybody. I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't just go out and throw all kinds. I just, I was just being selfish. And it wasn't, you know, I, and I justified it. I was like, no, I don't need to, I don't need to be, you know, I don't. I'm just going to do what I want to do today. I'm just going to be me. And I was pretty much me all day long. And part of it, I just, you know, my, my, everybody was busy. And so, like I say, I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't, I don't think I hurt, I didn't say anything Friday, maybe Saturday. I don't know, but not, probably not Friday. But, but I was just me, you know, I just, I just went and was me. The problem with just being me is it takes me out of him. When I'm just being me, it pulls me away from him. That doesn't mean I had to wake up that morning and, you know, have communion and sing four stanzas of only listen to Christian music all day long and if I turned the TV on, it was only TBN. Pray over each meal. No, it's not that. I was just in my heart I was fleshing out. I was just being me. Thing is, as human beings, we, uh, we tend to want to be me all the time. The flesh, living by the flesh, leads 
to debauchery. You don't turn around and dive back into sin, but you inch towards it the longer you're selfish. This verse has said this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened through the curtain. You know, they had to jump through the hoops. They had to meet all the criteria. They had to do everything right. They had to, everything had to be just, oh, they, and if they had one spot of blood out of line, they were dead. The high priest, especially, when he went into the holy of holies, when he went into the presence of God, if he didn't have everything, every I dotted, every T crossed, if he didn't have it all sorted out perfectly, he was dead. He would die from the sheer presence of God. But Jesus made a new and living way. He did that. He did it right. He, he had every I dot and every T cross. He, he had everything so that I don't have to I don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to seek Him. If you want to walk in that blessing, if you want to go deeper with Him, I am, I am telling you, I am telling you, I am, I'm, I'm giving you a heads up, I'm, I'm encouraging you. Like I told Jamie, I said, the reason we keep bumping into it is because the door is open. The reason we keep bumping into a deeper experience with God, a deeper level of anointing, is because His door is open and He wants us to go through. But we will only go through to the level that we've laid down our own lives. And that laying down of our lives is not a formula like these guys had to do. That laying down of our lives is the formula that Jesus did, the new and better way. And that new and better way was only one thing. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, not my will today. Not my will right now. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, that I, I, I've been, I put me first. I wanted to flesh out today. I, I didn't want to go deeper with you. I could have. And I, please stay away from what I'm talking. It's not formula. It's not levels, levels of anything. It's about a heart that says, God, I love you. We are on the edge. I mean, we are, we're, we are tipping over on a regular basis to nines and tens in the spirit we could actually be there in just a few moments but it comes from each of us humbling ourselves and saying Lord not my will but yours be done we're going to be doing some baptisms here in just a moment three young people are going to be baptized praise God that is so exciting and what they're saying publicly physically it's really the one of the only ritualistic it's not even ritual it's we're following his word where he said 
Go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Being baptized is, a, is an outward expression of, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. But that has to happen in our heart every day. And then expect the supernatural. You know, the, the six pillars isn't a formula. The six pillars is, is the way it works. It's just the reality. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't get there without being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't even read the Bible and get anything out of it without being filled with the Spirit. You can't pray if, as effectively as you can when you're filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit isn't, isn't just a box to check off. It's life. Be being filled. One of, the, one of the first things you should pray in the morning is, Lord, fill me today. I want to be more full of you today. I want to be being filled. And then when you read the word, it's going to go, wow. It's amazing. When you pray, it's going to be like, wow, we actually, I, I communed with God today. This is wonderful. And then you get more and more filled up with him and then, when you share your faith, it's going to have power. You'll be the right person at the right time with the right words. You'll, have, you'll say things you didn't even, weren't even expecting to say. It'll be full of life. And when, you, when you're speaking to them, and all of a sudden he says, pray for that person. They have this thing going on in their life. You lay hands on them, and boom! Supernatural. They get born again. Supernatural. And then, when you're full of God, full of His presence, full of Him, and they persecute you, you'll go, Woo! Count it all joy. It is really, really hard to be persecuted when you're fleshing out. Because you're not, you're, you know, Paul said that you're suffering for the wrong thing. So, worship team. If you'll come back up, please. I've asked, uh, told Jamie I'd like to have them come back up before we do the, before we do the baptisms. And if somebody would let uh, Pastor Karen and know, the kids know, of those that are going to be coming in. We'll sing a couple of songs. But what I want you to do is this. What I want us to begin to do is to go, okay, I don't want a three. I don't want a five. Lord, I want you. Not my will today. Not my will for the next 25 minutes. But yours be done. Fill me with your spirit now, Lord. You know, we, we've not been a church for years. It never has been. Never has. It was never built on... I'm coming to church to check off my Sunday duty. It's never been that, ever. Not on purpose. But now it's time to punch the gas. It's time to go deeper. The invitation is wide open. The invitation is clear. His plan and purpose for us is awesome. But we have to work with Him. We have to yield to him. 
We have to slide over. If Jamie leads us somewhere in worship, which she, she will, she does on a regular basis. When she goes there, follow her. Go deeper. How, do, how does that happen? Well, there's been a few times in the last couple of months where she'll start just singing in the spirit and I'll notice the room goes quiet. When that's, she's leading worship. When she goes there, go there with her. Well, I've never, I've never sang in the spirit. Okay. Always the first time for everything. Pray in the spirit. Sing in the spirit. Whatever, however the Lord leads. Do what he leads you to do. Go there. Amen. Let's all stand, please.